0: You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Rachel and Gabby's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 286. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Great show for you this week. Kate Casey from the Reality Life podcast. We've had her on quite a few times, and we're bringing her on again. The best part about bringing Kate on is she updates me on all the reality shows that I'm not watching. So everything you hear, maybe you don't watch the shows either, but you will get an opinion from Kate Casey on some of the top reality shows happening right now, because that's why I bring her on. I want to know exactly what's going on, since... I only usually see headlines and bits and pieces of storylines from shows going on. So I go to Kate for all my reality TV info, and she's got it all, and this is a good podcast. So You definitely want to stick around for this. We'll get to that momentarily. So as for some Bachelorette news, I got some for you this week. I actually got three bits of info for you that I think is interesting. It's not stuff that's been reported anywhere. And, uh, let's get to it. The first thing is, um, I do have confirmation that Tyler Norris and Johnny DiFilippo are home. So obviously we know filming is still happening. Final rose ceremony, as I told you on the April 21st podcast with game of roses, the final rose ceremony is Saturday, uh, May, May 14th. That's this Saturday, uh, with Johnny and Tyler, both being home. Clearly they didn't make the final three. Now, I'm under the assumption that the way it's always been in recent years, if you're eliminated at three, you still stay in the final location. So if Johnny and Tyler are home this week, which I have confirmation that they are, they clearly got eliminated at final four, which means that Gabby's final three, at least, we know Eric and we know Jason are in her final three. And um, the fourth person, again, I'm not 100% sure on. Rachel's final three, with Tyler being gone, are obviously Avon, Zach, and Tino. So when we go to Gabby, yes, I was made aware of the picture that Justin Bud Budfalowski's sister-in-law posted on Mother's Day with Justin in the picture. Well, that probably doesn't bode well that Justin was in the final four, and that's why I was never 100% sure I said I needed the confirmation. I had circumstantial evidence, but circumstantial evidence is just that it's not solid. And now after knowing that the picture that Justin was home on mother's day, he couldn't have been in the final four. Cause we already know that Johnny was eliminated in Gabby's final four. So it looks like that. Justin is not that fourth person was not the fourth uh, hometown date. I don't know who it was. So hopefully I'll find out soon, but I don't know who it was. So she could have had, um, she probably had a third person in Mexico that I just don't know about yet. So that is for where we're at with that. Tyler and Johnny were eliminated. I got that, the confirmation uh, this week. Here's something about filming early on in the season because everybody's wanted to know like exactly how is this going to work? Um, as we know with each woman's final four, they were all different. There was no overlap. They didn't date the same guy. However, when the show began in the first uh, two or three episodes, because episode one is just the first night, episodes two and three, where there's group dates and one on ones and stuff like that, everybody basically had the option of talking to both women. And it was like a free for all. You could date who you want. Like you were going on dates with both women at some point. You could be on a group date with Rachel one time and be on a group date with Gabby. It was at the third rose ceremony which was basically the road ceremony before they started traveling to Paris, Belgium, and Amsterdam. So basically before travel started, the guys that were remaining had to make a decision on which girl they wanted to pursue. And I can tell you that there were a few guys that Rachel was interested in that weren't interested in her, and she was rejected a few times. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing, and I don't know if that means that because they rejected Rachel, they immediately went in Gabby's group of men, or it just means they left the show. That I don't know, but I do know that what she was rejected a few times because apparently at the third rose ceremony, the women present the roses, and if you accept it, then you are going to continue to be part of her group moving forward. And when Rachel had a couple roses to give out, I heard more than two, the guys said no. But again, I don't know if that means that because what if Gabby didn't want them? Then what are they there for? Then do they just leave? That's what I wasn't able to get any sort of confirmation on. But, um, you know, Rachel's got her fun. I mean, it doesn't really matter at that point. I mean, that was in the third episode. Rachel, we know who Rachel's final four are. I'm sure they're, they are guys that like her. So it's not really that big of a deal that she got rejected. It's no different than when Caitlin and Britt were the Bachelorettes and there were some guys that, um, you know, voted for Britt but ended up still staying on the show. You know, ultimately it ended up being guys that were there for Caitlyn, and that's all that really matters. So, um, but I'm sure it will be dramatic and I'm sure um, it will be quite the, um, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll play out a lot more dramatic than I just explained it. But yeah, um, when Rachel went to hand out some roses at the third rose ceremony, guys were uh, saying that they didn't want to move forward with her. So whatever the case may be. Um, and I can tell you that um, this season's villain is Hayden Markowitz. Now you're going to ask, well, how do you know, or why is he the villain? I, I, the rumblings that I hear, and it's not like again, there are levels of villainy on this show. He's not the worst human being in America. It doesn't mean you have to blow up his Instagram account and leave awful things on his. I, as, as far as I'm hearing, it's not nearly as bad as Shanae, but you know, he says some things that. Aren't great. I think he um, is caught. Uh, I heard that he was caught saying that his ex is hotter than both of the Bachelorettes. Look, maybe his ex is hotter than Rachel and Gabby. Maybe it is factually true in his eyes. That's the way he feels. But when you go on this show and you're here to date two, possibly you know one woman, possibly two, and you make a statement like that, you are going to be portrayed poorly. And I'm sure the other guys got a hold of that and had a field day with it and jumped all over his case. So. Um unfortunately you say stuff like that it's going to get out. Um and he was a guy I think that was on Rachel's group of guys cuz he did travel and um he was in Rachel's group and um apparently his letting Gabby know that he was going to pursue Rachel didn't go over well. And I guess his presentation and things that he said, I don't know the exact wording obviously and Um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but, um, looks like Hayden's going to be this season's villain. And, but again, doesn't mean immediately start attacking him and, and whatever, but it's not going to, apparently not going to go well for him because he said some things that are going to look bad. And, you know, unfortunately for him, he's going to have to deal with the batshit, crazy, toxic fan base of bachelor nation. You say something like that, especially, you know, Gabby and Rachel walk on water to a lot of these people. A lot of the fans of this show, like they can't do anything wrong. So, oh, my God, you said that your ex was hotter than them. Then what are you doing here and get off the show? Trust me. He's going to have it coming to him now, unfortunately, based on that statement. But um, yeah, that's where we're at. So those are the three notes I had for you. Uh, the, the two eliminations at Final Four. Uh, Tyler was eliminated by Rachel and um, Johnny Filippo was eliminated by Gabby. We still don't know. I still don't know who the third, the third guy in Gabby's final three is. It doesn't look like it's Justin Bud Filoski. He was never in the final four, based on the fact that he's home. <laughs> and um, so I don't, I don't know who it is. Hopefully, I'll find out soon, because that person could end up being her final one. Like there could be somebody there that we that none of us know, and that person obviously they made it to the final three, so they're a candidate to possibly win. And then, um, you know, the format of it started at the at the the first two dates of the season in episodes two and three. It was a mixed bag. Anybody could you know you could go on dates with both women, but it it was at the third rose ceremony where guys had to make their decision, and that's when the women presented roses. And apparently, Rachel had a couple guys that said no to her rose. I don't know which ones. So there's that. Hope you enjoyed that. I do want to say that um, again, the Reality Steve fan appreciation party, July, June 3rd, sorry, not July. June 3rd, Friday night, Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. There are a few spots left. You can still get in. Email me at steve at realitysteve.com. We do have a couple special guests coming this season. Annie Jorgensen and Amanda Pace from Joe Millionaire. Amanda was the winner. Uh, Kurt chose her. They've since broken up. Annie got dumped by Stephen McGee at the end. Stephen McBee, sorry, at the end. And you probably heard the news this weekend. Maybe you didn't. Stephen and Calla broke up. They just had an Instagram post yesterday uh, mentioning that they broke up. But um, Annie and uh, Amanda are going to be there. Um, They were great on the podcast. They're two of my most downloaded podcasts in the last three months. In fact, they're the top two downloaded podcasts. So, you know, you can meet them. You can talk to them. And they will be there. If you're interested, it's first come, first serve, doesn't cost you anything. All I need is a copy of a screenshot of your vax card. And if you're flying in, just let me know your flight itinerary. Screenshot of that. You're driving in, hotel, screenshot of your hotel itinerary. And if you're a Vegas local and want to come, just let me know. And just give me a screenshot of your VAX card and just promise me you won't flake because I'm holding out, you know, last few spots are available and you would be on a list. And I only have an X amount of people that I can get to come. So Yeah, I'm excited excited. We're only three, a little over, uh, I leave three weeks from today, uh, for, for Vegas. So that'll be fun. The party will be fun. Like I said, open beer and wine bar all night for the three hours, three and a half hours of the party. And then we have, um, you know, there will be food there. There will be prizes. Got a couple donations from bachelor contestants that uh, will be giving gift cards away. We will have gift restaurant gift cards and we'll have a raffle for, um, for money to be given out as well on this. So good times all around. Just a thank you to my fans and my readers and my listeners uh, and just for the support throughout the years. We do it once a year, usually the first weekend in June. So look forward to that. Before we get started, got a new sponsor this week. And, you know, it's been tough the last couple years. Let's not make any mistake about it. It's been tough with the pandemic and things closing down. And obviously, mental health has been a huge topic in the world for the last couple of years. And I really want to talk about mental health because I know that a lot of people are unhappy. And, you know, you've read all the stories of bad things that people are doing during the pandemic. And, you know, you talk about, like, what is interfering with your happiness? Is is something preventing you from achieving your goals? I want you to check out BetterHelp.com. Slash reality Steve. That's better help, H E L P. Better Help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a safe and private online environment. It is so convenient, you can start communicating with somebody in 48 hours. And look, it's not a crisis line, it's not self help, it is professional counseling done securely. Online. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video and phone sessions all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, not even sitting there in you know in person on a couch. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. The licensed professionals counselors are specializing in anger, family conflicts, LGBTQ matters, grief, self-esteem, relationships, trauma, depression, stress, anxiety, all things that you know people are suffering over the last couple of years uh, for the pandemic. Anything you share is confidential, it's convenient, it's professional, it's affordable. Check out their testimonials posted daily on their site. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you are going to get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, BetterHelp.com/slash-reality Steve. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P dot com/slash-reality Steve. Join over one million people who have taken advantage of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp H-E-L-P dot com/slash-reality Steve. Now let's get going. Podcast number two eighty six. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, you know her from the Reality Life podcast with Kate Casey. She's been on this podcast numerous times. We're bringing her back. It's been her. Pretty much have you on every six months. So let's bring her in. Kate Casey, how are you?
1: I'm great. I love talking to you. I'm so excited to be back.
0: Well, I love talking to you because normally when I do interviews on my podcast, it is with people that are either, you know, reality show contestants of a show that I've watched and I'm very well aware of. And I'm very, my questions are very like, hey, I watched you. Let me ask you about this, this, and this that happened. With you, it's completely different because believe it or not, I think I think a lot of people that either listen to me or just know the reality Steve name just think I'm just bombarded with reality television. That's all I watch. And honestly, it really isn't the case. I watch a few shows. Obviously, Bachelor and Bachelorette and Paradise are my, are my big ones. And I'll watch other ones here and there, the bigger network ones, Survivor, uh, American Idol. I watch those. But I'm not into the streaming ones. I've never really gotten into them. I've watched the Too Hot to Handles here and there. Never watched The Circle. Never watched The Ultimatum. Never watched all these shows that I'm just I don't have the time for it. Um, I'm too much into sports. So Mm. I like having you on because you can update me on what's going on and then basically based off your answers I determine whether or not I want to go invest some time into this. So I want to start off with um, (laughs) a show that I didn't think would ever become a show, but it is, and it's called "Is It Cake," and it's on, oh, yeah, it's on Netflix, I believe.
1: It's on Netflix, and it's uh, hosted by Mikey. By Day. Mikey Day from
0: SNL, yeah, love him.
1: I love him. I don't think he's the right host for this show, though.
0: Okay. Now, here's my question. Having not seen one episode, I'm assuming the whole season came out, or is this a weekly show? How is it being distributed on oh, Netflix? Oh, no,
1: you can just binge it. It's a, okay. This is a show that it's like the end of the week, and you're just fried, and you just want something in the background. I don't think you're going to like want to pay attention to every second of it. It's not that compelling, but it's just like easy breezy list. It's like easy listening on radio. And the whole concept is off of TikTok. And so these skilled cake artists are creating replicas of things like handbags and sewing machines and other things. And you have to guess whether or not it's a real cake or not. And Mikey takes a machete out and he like tries to chop it up. And obviously if he can chop through it, it's a cake. This is just like mindless watching. I don't think he's the right host for it because he's almost like demonic in some way. I don't know if th- somebody whispered into his ear, like, just be super creepy. Uh, I think it's made for somebody who's got like a whimsical personality. It's that kind of show. It's just like kids like it, and somebody who's like, I have had the worst day at the office, and I just want to like totally zone out.
0: So I always thought it was cool when I came across this fad or whatever you want to call it on TikTok and Instagram reels and Instagram stories, just things that you're like, oh, wow, look, it's a purse. Holy shit, someone's cutting it. It's actual cake. (laughs) So I've always found that interesting. Didn't ever think they'd make a game show out of it. But here's my question for someone that's never watched it. How far away are these people who are guessing is this cake or is it real? Because you would think if they're – remotely close to it they'd be able to smell that it's not a purse it's cake like <laughs> how yeah, far away are they
1: <laughs> it's a good distance away okay um, but are they given uh,
0: hints about anything or they just have to look at it and be like yeah I think it's cake or, yeah, I think it's No,
1: parts. and they get a, a short period of time. So it's like, okay, you look for, I don't know, two minutes or something. So it, it's kind of far away and it's under a de- deadline and then you're under the glare of a camera. So it's all those things work, work to the, the producer's advantage. And I think I'm pretty good by this point at spotting whether or not it's a cake or not. Um, but I don't know if that's because, um, you know, I'm the viewer at home, but yeah. I, th- I think you'll get the hang of it. It's, it's just like, put that on the shelf as like, I don't want to think like there's a show on Netflix called the Parisian agency, which is great because it's like a real estate show in Paris about a family four sons and parents that run this this agency and you've seen the most beautiful properties, but you have to pay attention because it's all subtitles. So that to me is like on the other end of the spectrum. Mm. So it's like, you have to put a lot of uh, time and attention into it. This one, it's just mindless. You could do a puzzle, right? And like have that in the background.
0: Yeah. Cause all you're doing, there's not questions to listen to or anything like that. No. It's just looking at something to determining, is it what it is or is it a cake of what it's supposed to be? That's it, right? Correct. There's nothing else. Correct. to it. Okay. Yeah. Seems pretty simple. But I it's just the concept of it and the fact that it's hosted by Mikey Day who I really like on SNL.
1: So funny. I would I mean, just
0: and just knowing yeah. that this came from a TikTok trend or fad it, it just turned into a show. I'm like, "Wow. They they'll yeah. make a show out of anything." I mean, you you, anything. you think they will run out of reality TV show ideas and they just don't. Like, here we no. are. <laughs> reality TV is probably 20 years in existence from like when it was starting to be produced. Uh, by a lot of places, and it's like, what could they possibly think of next? And apparently, there's still tons of ideas out there. Really, absolutely.
1: I mean, well, that's good.
0: And you know, even the um, again, I haven't seen this, but I'm I'm interested. But I'm I feel like I'm getting spoiled just by reading headlines and stuff. So I almost got to watch it right away. Is the ultimatum, which is oh, yeah. um, this basically, it's Temptation Island, right? Isn't it the same thing?
1: I mean, it's basically the same thing. So okay. Nick and Vanessa Lachey host this just like they do Love is Blind, and they're encouraging these couples to have encounters with other potential matches. So the, everybody gets together in the beginning, and it's like one of us in this relationship is unhappy and because they want to be, you know, one of us wants to be married, and the other one's dragging their feet. So we've come to the conclusion that the best thing for our relationship to really move forward is to stay in a hotel with other couples that are facing the same issues. And the people that are being given the ultimatum should date each other. And then at some point at the end of this, maybe we can figure out whether or not we should get married. It sounds absolutely bonkers, and it is. So uh, over the course of the episodes, you're not only figuring out why someone was given an ultimatum because you're like wow this person's like horrible but then you also realize that the person that gave the ultimatum is off like they're both awful people they should never have been together in the first point place and now they're together and then the beauty of it though so this is the reason i think you're gonna like this because um it's like temptation but a little bit different is that they're all seated at this long table and they're having conversations about like what transpired over like the week and a half of filming or something and some of the the people try to sabotage the other couples because they're jealous or what have you so there are some unexpected surprises in it and I feel like I'm pretty astute in, like, who's going to work out and who won't just based on so many years of watching, like, Bachelor in Paradise and other nonsense shows. But this one throws you just a few curveballs. Like, I was definitely a fan of it going, oh, my God, I would never think those two would stay together.
0: Okay, so the people that they are, there's the main couples that are part of the show. Like, we went on the ultimatum. But it's it's different from Temptation Island that Temptation Island has bring, singles. They're not,
1: bring, they're not bringing extra people in. Only the people, only the couples that come to the show at the beginning are are there together. But the people that were given the ultimatum, they get to date one another.
0: Which is part of another couple that's having problems as well. There's no singles on the show.
1: so, So the people that gave the ultimatum, they're just kind of like commiserating. Like, can you believe this jackass? Like, why are we not getting married? What's up? Um, So there's a little bit of that. Now, what I would say is that I think what's lacking in the show is that there need to be more options. Mm. So you get the sense it's like high school. Remember when it was like those two are only dating because it's slim pickings. Like once they go to college, they would never even – they'll never even see each other again. It's kind of like that where you think now it would – you could, like, dial up this show if you had some super hot people come in, but they don't do that. And I think that that's the problem. And I think it's because their idea was, like, let's make it this, like, really heartfelt, felt cerebral moment for someone where they're like, why did I issue this ultimatum? And it's like, the people at home don't want to go through, like, all of the, you know, the therapy of it all. They just want to see you make a bad decision and hook up with somebody.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, honestly... I love Temptation Island. Um and I've watched it all 4 seasons and you know I'm curious to see how this season ends up. But the ultimate thing when you're watching that show and I don't think it's just me, I think it's anybody that watches Temptation Island is <laughs> as much as a voyeurs as we are and as much as people love love stories, Temptation Island really isn't a good show. If all four couples go to that island and end up leaving together, it's just not interesting. You want to see it's someone not, break up and hook no. up with someone else mm-hmm. and have sex with somebody else on the island because then you can be like, oh my God, how can you say you love this girl when you've known her for three weeks and you have a girlfriend that you came to the island with that you've been with for seven years? Like that's the stuff that it invokes in people, which is what's happening this season with Lasel's. So I'm, I love it. I, I enjoy it. And while I do want to see maybe one couple leave successful, I definitely right. want to see hooking up, and I definitely want to see some bad decisions being made. And I think that speaks for most people, because it's not interesting otherwise.
1: I feel like this is going to go lower on your list. Let's put, like, if there's the, the the shelves, right, the Ikea shelf, I would put this somewhere near the bottom. Because I feel like based on your love of Temptation Island, it's, this is going to bother you too much. That said, there's still a couple tornadoes in it, and you'll go, okay, well, this is somewhat entertaining um by the way do you remember johnny alexander from the first season of the reboot of temptation island
0: was he a single or part of the couple
1: he was a, he was a single it was a chiropractor from new york anyway i just bring him up because he's, oh yeah i love him oh yeah he yeah. just he just had a baby so he's happy now
0: oh he found somebody to have he found a, somebody he and was dr johnny need. he was the chiropractor right? yeah dr johnny gotcha. yeah okay. he is
1: an adorable adorable son really super cute so it's, okay. it's. I'm. I'm. I'm happy when they find stuff outside of the show
0: too. I'm pretty sure because Dr. Johnny was involved with one of the like he was the main. Yeah, he was the main guy for one of the girls, and. Yeah. I'm almost positive of- I had Johnny on. My, Johnny was on my podcast. Yeah, he was on my podcast. Yeah, I just forgot. I think.
1: Yeah, he's so he's so
0: nice. Um. So the other thing that's coming this summer that I will be promoting on my podcast coming up real soon because um. I want people to watch and I'm interested in it is the big D. Have you heard this?
1: The big D is the one with, uh, with Jordan,
0: Jordan and Jojo are hosting. And yes. it's kind of, kind of in the same vein, I think as, um, the ultimatum, but it's all divorced. Couples are now going to an Island. Jojo and Jordan are the host and divorced Couples get to watch their divorcees date they're like they're helping them date while on the island but according to the premiums and the promos it certainly seems like that might spurn a little bit of jealousy and be like maybe we shouldn't have gotten divorced like but there are couples that are eliminated every week. Like, I'm interested in this one. It's going to be on TBS. Yeah,
1: that, sound, that sounds really good to me. Yeah. Because I, I, there's nothing I like more than uh, someone wa- watching someone. They still have mixed feelings about walking away into a like a, a suite with another person, yeah. knowing they're harboring resentment, guilt, all of those feelings. Yeah. yeah that sounds right up my alley. And I'm, I'm in it to win it, too. That sounds good.
0: Yeah. It starts, uh, I think it's the first week of July. I believe July 7th is the start date. It's on it's going to be on TBS. Jojo and Jordan are going to host. So I know they're going to get a bachelor audience um, watching this show. And I'm certainly smart, interested in watching smart it. Smart move. Yeah. Smart
1: move on their end. Yeah. I think the, it was filmed the
0: producers. I think it was filmed last summer. I forget which island it was filmed on. But um, oh,
1: see, I don't like that. Yeah, no, it was. It's, like it's been in the can for a while. A long time ago, because then I feel bad for the contestants because they've been shackled they can't like put anything on their social media because people are going to be looking for clues. So that, that kind of sucks.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I can't tell you the exact date, but I thought this was something that I remember Jojo and Jordan sometime in 2021 being off filming this show, but not saying like what they were doing, like one of those deals. But yeah. And it's also like, well, what has happened since then? Because I remember last year for temptation Island For Temptation Island, it was crazy because you had what happened during filming, and then you had what happened during filming had changed by the time they filmed the reunion show, and then by the time the reunion show aired, what had happened in real time, the present time, had changed as well. Like, so many things had changed. It was almost like, oh, wow, what a great finale. Let's watch the reunion. Oh, shit. Stuff has changed uh, since, since filming ended. Oh, shit. Now the reunion was filmed two months before it actually aired. And now you're looking at it and you're like, oh, well, what happened on the reunion show isn't even relevant because here's where everybody's at now. And so I don't know what the deal is with the big D, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um,
1: That's definitely the burden of the cable network versus the streaming network. Like you you could do things much quicker on a streaming network.
0: Yeah. And maybe because it's on TBS and it's on a cable network. Maybe it wasn't Mm -hmm. filmed last summer. Maybe it was filmed earlier this year. Maybe it was January, February. I don't know. But... um, I mean, I can probably dig and and find out when it was filmed. But, yeah, I know it starts in July. Uh, You're going to hear me promoting it on this podcast, The Big D, uh, hosted by uh, JoJo and Jordan. And, yeah, it's divorced couples on an island, and they have to watch their significant other or previous significant other date in front of them. And some are trying to sabotage, and some are, uh, <laughs> I guess, refalling for their person they were with. And uh, it's going to be interesting, for, to say the least. Um, oh my God!
1: I, I feel like I know a lot of people that should have gone on my show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so here's here's a basic question, and you're probably even surprised. I don't even know this or understand this. When the Kardashians had their show on mm-hmm. E after mm-hmm. 20 seasons or whatever it was, they said, "You know, we're done. We're we're done doing this." Oh, sure, right was right. Was this always? We're done with E and we're going to try and pitch this somewhere else or was this more of they thought they were done but then Hulu came with a better offer and they decided to go
1: well I think I think the biggest thing is they had grown frustrated because the the, the way that the show was structured was becoming outdated because it, it, it being on a cable network the time lapse was too the, the gap was too big hmm. so the, you have something that happened, you know, nine months ago, and then it's already played out on social media, and it just made the show kind of dumb. And then I also think that it became too stale. Like, it was just this, it was very formulaic, and they would also create some scenes that were obviously scripted because they kind of like run out of ideas. So I think that was the biggest part out, out of it. And also, they were making much more money on their social media than it's like it. it there's a question of like, is it worth it? The, the amount of time this it, it has asked, is asked of us to do this. So I think that they took a break, which was smart. And then James Corden and his partner, Ben Winston, came to them with the idea of doing it in a new sleeker and just like a more, like a fresh and modern way. So I thought, think that was compelling to them too. I actually thought what they would do was start their own streaming network. I really thought that was what was going to happen. So I was surprised that they went to Hulu. That said, um, I think if you watch the show, it's totally worth it because... It feels much more authentic to them. It's much more about the sisters' relationships, and, and, and it feels like it's moving in real time. Like, you're seeing behind the scenes what happened on SNL. You're seeing behind the scenes of her relationship with Pete. Uh, the, the, the proposal that Courtney and Travis had, that doesn't feel like that long ago. And I felt like on the older show, you'd watch it and you're like, I feel like I've already seen all of that play out on social media and in this one i think because they have much more control of the show i think that they have a better sense of f- making sure that they're filming things that are much more uh, that that are far that that are withheld from social media so that the experience of the viewer is like they're they feel like they're privy to things that you know everyone else in the world is not watching so because of that they have had the biggest premiere in hulu's history and it's a it's a massive success and and you know for everybody that's kind of like oh my god i'm done with the the kardashians it's too much it's too much i promise you you're really gonna enjoy it it feels much softer and lighter and much more heartfelt like you feel like courtney and the older version was like maxed out and this one like she had this the last episode It was the proposal. And you see that in the haste of getting all these family members and friends to Santa Barbara to see this proposal, that it was Chris's decision to not include Courtney's children because she was worried, you know, about the kids spoiling the surprise and, you know, somebody might see them. And then all the sequence of events wouldn't work out so that Courtney and Travis, after the proposal, wouldn't be able to walk into a suite and see all their friends, right? So she doesn't include the children who are off with Scott. And they're also trying to mitigate Scott's impending anxiety because, of course, he's, you know, Courtney's going to be married to somebody else. So they have the engagement and they walk in and everyone's there. And then Courtney goes off to a side room and she calls her daughter to say, look, I'm engaged. And the daughter goes, I don't want to talk to you and hangs up. And Courtney goes into her in the moment interview and she says, I think, you know, my mom made that decision not to include them. And I think it was the wrong one. And she starts crying. That you would have never seen play out in social media because their social media is much more, you know, curated. Yeah. Uh, But this one, it was like, God, I don't know how many people don't relate to some – that moment is relatable. Like your parent makes a decision not to include your your kids or some like a friend was like, I don't think I want to invite them for whatever reason. Someone being left out of a milestone and I kept thinking as I watched it, like, that kid's going to be in therapy for a good couple of years about that. Like that was not the right decision, but you know, you feel empathy for Chris for doing it because she just wanted her daughter to have, you know, Courtney's first marriage. It's like she wanted her to have this perfect experience. So it's those kind of things that make watch- watching Kardashians on Hulu worth it. And it's, um, it's really beautifully shot. I think, you know, I, lots of people say selling sunset is, is beautifully shot. I think Kardashians is the most beautifully shot show. In streaming or on television altogether, right
0: now. All right, guys, let's take a break real quick. Let me talk to you about our other sponsor this week, Dame Products. Talked to you about them two weeks ago, and they're back. And honestly, you're going to love this stuff. Ladies, I mean, look, you know, when you, you ever play the word association game when you were younger, someone threw out a word or a phrase and you just blurt out the first thing that comes to your mind. We're going to play that right now. Okay. I'm going to throw out a word or phrase, and you in your car or wherever you're listening right now, you tell me and just blurt out the first thing that comes to your head. I'm going to play along too, all right? Ready? Three, two, one. Reality Steve. Vibrators. See what I mean? Like, immediately you just think about that. It's almost like, remember the movie Coming to America when Akeem is working at McDowell's, and he goes into Mr. McDowell, and he says, When you think of garbage, think of Akeem kind of like that right now when you think of vibrators you think of reality steve and you think of dame products i'm telling you they have the palm a soft and flexible vibrator that bends to the curves of your body so check it out it's friendly shape touchable texture and super bendy design that offers broad and targeted stimulation palm is great for beginners it's also waterproof and features five intensities and five vibration patterns so you can explore what works for you and the best part Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Either you're going to get your satisfaction by using it or if you don't like it, you can get your money back. Power up, the pleasure with Palm or any of the other toys from Dame products. Go to dameproducts.com/realitysteve today for 15% off site-wide. That's dameproducts.com/realitysteve today. For fifteen percent off site wide. Now let's return to K Casey. So it sounds like <clears throat> Hulu is better than the E version, and I didn't. You know, it's, it's interesting. Oh, I didn't. I didn't absolutely. know that James Corden was the one behind this because Secret was the one that developed the E show for twenty seasons, yeah. and yeah, I didn't realize that Horton. Corden. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and it sounds like just based on what you said, the turnaround time is we're seeing stuff Much way faster. quicker. Yeah. The the fact mm-hmm. that the Pete relationship is already we're seeing it how it developed and stuff like that which is only a couple months old um that's interesting to me i don't know mm-hmm. if i'll watch it just because i've never i don't i don't know enough about the family i haven't followed them enough other than headlines I, and I th- social media i think you
1: just i challenge your ho- your homework is i challenge you to watch 15 minutes of it that's it and then see if it hooks you in how
0: many episodes have aired
1: um i think they're uh we're, we're moving on to episode 4 so not not, not that many
0: Oh, so they're just they're pumping out one episode a week on Hulu for how many how many episodes yeah. are a season? Do we know?
1: I don't know how many episodes, but uh, I'm telling you, I, I think it's really well done and worth it. And um, that's your challenge: 15 yeah. minutes.
0: So you brought up Selling Sunset and yes. another show that never watched three seconds of, but I'm well aware of drama that goes on. I see the headlines because I read. Us Weekly and People and Us and stuff like that. So the biggest story to come from this past season of Selling Sunset, which I believe just aired, the reunion show, clearly is that Crochelle is now in a relationship with G Flip, who I had never even heard of. Right. Um, Which I guess, depending on who you talk to, it was like the worst kept secret after her breakup with Jason because this is a show that I've never talked about, I've never covered Yet, I was having people sending me stuff saying, did you know or have you heard of this Grishel and G Flip rumor is true? And I'm like, I have no idea, but apparently there were pictures out there. Like, if you were on the deep web and you followed and you're a diehard Selling Sunset fan, this information apparently wasn't news to people. But That's correct. Okay, so, but if you're just a casual fan who doesn't follow... You know, because there weren't any pictures that were posted on the main sites. It's all like mm-hmm. the deep dive internet stuff where you could find pictures of Chriselle and G Flip holding hands and you right. know doing stuff. So, um, with that said, were you wh- when when did you first hear about Chriselle and G G-sh- <laughs> ship G Flip and and were you surprised by this or were, what's your take on this whole thing?
1: I think I maybe like two weeks before the reunion was was filmed probably and i and i wasn't i don't know the, I, I wasn't i wasn't he, I, and, and i think it's because reality stars never surprise me in that way yeah like i feel like their lives are so chaotic that when something like th- like this is so left of center that part doesn't shock me um, I think that people who watch the show and believe it to be a completely authentic show would probably be shocked by it. So for anybody who has not watched the show, it's about a real estate agency in, in, in Los Angeles. The, the actual like headquarters are on Sunset Boulevard, but it is really absurd. It's by the makers of the hills. You clearly, you can't believe anything on it. They're very over the top. They show up at these listings in the most, Hooker-ish outfits, like like leather skirt, mini skirts with like a bandeau top with you like six-inch heels. One of the real estate agents will show up looking like varsity spice or like you know just like pigtails. They're, they it, it, they look like cartoon characters. They're they're insane, and then they're walking you through these properties and they're uh, and they're presenting it like they're actually the real real estate agent which i know is bullshit because i google all of the addresses and like some of the houses are not even on the market never were like it's very murky
0: wait so these Um, people aren't these people aren't realtors i thought that was a whole thing that they got called out for they
1: they are realtors but uh, you they're not really like the listing agent i mean they clearly are all wanting to be television personalities so The thing that I like about Christine Quinn, who's now finished with the show, was she was always pretty transparent about it. Like, I don't give a shit about, like, in two years, I'm not going to be selling a four-bedroom in Encino. Like, I just want to be on a television show. But the others are kind of, like, going along with it. And then they have these twin brothers that operate the agency, and their names are Jason and Brett. And uh, they're small men. And so a lot of people have this problem with, like, this misogynistic um, duo that are running this agency and all these women walk in with these ridiculous outfits. Mind you, they go into the office. No one has like a bag enough large enough to 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 uh, have a laptop let alone a wallet it'll be like a little coin purse and they'll walk in with their heels and they'll sit down and they don't even have like a computer to plug in and then they'll talk then they have them sit down and they're like okay so what, what listings do you have and you're like this is such bullshit like there's no way any of them are working you know the mls system so that okay so that's on the table so the first season you have or first couple seasons Crochelle is uh was married and then she's going through a divorce with the with the actor from this is us so yeah. people are like they're interested in that then all, he divorces her and she's left at Christine's wedding like, what is going on? Like, I cannot believe this. So people are sucked into her because they want her to find true and lasting love again. And then she dated some guy from Dancing with the Stars because, of course, Keo. she goes on to like Dancing with the Stars. So now it's like a typical reality show where you're like, oh, that the, the beginning was the most real version of who they kind of are. And now they're all like embellishing the truth and like overdoing their outfits and their personalities to get it like enough attention on the show. So throughout this season, you see Chris dating one of those twin brothers, Jason, Jason, who is good. Like, I don't know, three inches shorter than her. And so a lot of viewers are just confused because I think you put somebody in a box, right? Like they have a type. So, you have her dating this like very tall actor type and then all of a sudden she's dating the boss and he's like five foot three but what's most interesting i think is the viewer is that she does not seem remotely sexually interested in this guy like she almost recoils in scenes with him where she's like rubbing his bald head sometimes and they have these conversations about like the future and then it's at the end it's like Well, we're going to have to break up because we started to pursue the fertility journey and he decides that he doesn't want to have kids. And you're like, I don't even know if I believe that you were ever in love to begin with. So that is why everybody at the reunion was like, wait, what about the G flip? Because the narrative is like, this is a woman who is almost 40 and she desperately wants to start a family. And so they're like, she was with this actor and then she dates her boss and now she's gone And started to date this dj and so i think for uh, for people that watch the show with with the mindset like this is a very authentic true life story this is somebody who is a real real estate agent selling a three bedroom in the valley and then shows up to her office and there happens to be cameras there and i thought she wanted to have a family but now she's with this dj but i just see it as like there are a bunch of TV personalities who are just navigating this weird, wacky world. So like nothing surprises me.
0: Yeah. Like I said, they're five seasons over now and I haven't watched anything, but I know the headlines from what I read. Yeah. I knew that she had dated her boss, Jason and, I, saw, I mean, because I follow Chriselle on Instagram, so I saw the day that she came out. I feel
1: out. like every. I feel like everything you need to know, you can read on social media. I don't think yeah. you would need to watch the show. That's my input.
0: Yeah, because I remember when she went public, when she did her hard launch with Jason, they were on a boat, and they posted the picture, and then obviously every media outlet ran with it, and before that, yeah, it was Keogh, uh, the dancer from Dance with the Stars that she dated, and then, you know, he apparently was a giant liar, because she threw him under the bus after they broke up, and then before that, obviously, yeah. Justin Hartley from from this is us. And I, you know, it's, I, the, the G flip stuff I didn't start hearing about until people, like I said, were DMing me. Are you hearing, is this true? And then one time someone sent me a, a screenshot from, uh, a, I guess a message board that had the picture of them holding hands, walking somewhere. And I'm like, Oh, well, I guess it is. Why else should she be walking, holding hands with a girl that she's rumored to be dating? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I just don't know enough to, to, uh, understand like i i do know that from what i read on social media and in the and in the articles and even i think interviews with with chrishell she specifically said that jason and i were in different um mm-hmm. we were on different paths when it came to kids he didn't want any and i do and i was like oh okay well makes a makes a lot of sense as why a couple would break up it would also make you question wasn't this established earlier did it, like when you first got together was he interested in having oh, kids and yeah, then did absolutely. a 180 i don't know
1: Yeah, I think everybody else is like, wait, what? Like, anybody who watches the show, even from season one, and this is some, she's known this guy for quite some time. Like, this guy has zero interest in settling down. Like, he's just like wants to date all the time. So that's why I think people just got fired up about, you know, I think sometimes, sometimes people are just sort of, uh, I just think they're surprised by reality stars who are just. They, I mean, their lives are nothing like ours. So I think that's what surprises people, too. Like, I expected that sequence of events to happen, and it just doesn't happen like that with reality stars.
0: And I'm guessing that they took a lot of shit, and people claim that Chrishell only dated him because he was the boss. And
1: Oh, for sure. That I'm sure they got yeah. criticism
0: for that. Or that it, it was, that it was done strictly to have another storyline for season five. I'm guessing that's...
1: I mean, you can kind of feel that way because there's like zero chemistry. It's really weird. Well, that's
0: the thing. In In this season when they actually were, this was the season, season five was the one where they actually were a couple during this season, right?
1: Yes. So in
0: the scenes that they were, did they ever show them being affectionate? Did they ever show them being physical we- or no?
1: I mean, she would like give him a peck, but it you felt like it was like a mercy peck. Hmm. <laughs> you just see it, it was hard. I mean, anybody that's listening is probably punching their steering wheel right now. And they're like, yes, it just did not seem like those two were remotely into each other.
0: OK, well, I mean, I guess good luck to her in the future. And we will see what happens with this uh, G flip relationship. And. I saw. Can the I other tell day. you something though? Uh oh. What? When
1: you when you saw her talking about G Flip, she was far happier than I even saw her with her husband first her, the husband before. Like that was at the, the reunion. That was the most. Yeah, that was the most happy I've ever seen her. And I saw. Yeah, all, I, I in saw all the those reunion episodes clip. that I've seen. Yeah. Okay. So, that to me was like that's probably who she is most authentically. Like that's probably her right there.
0: And I and I saw the Instagram story of. I guess it was a little kind of jokey joke that uh, she was in her she was in her closet and then um, was yeah. doing an Instagram story and then she said, "Okay, I'm going to come out of the closet now." And that was right around the time the G Flip story, you know, became public. And I guess that was her way of telling people she's out of the closet. I don't know, but it was clearly a play on words for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I think something I saw with a tattoo. She gave G Flip a tattoo or something recently. He said, "I get I, I all my info that, from Us Weekly." I, I got. I, I was a
1: little. Sh- it was. It's huge. I mean, I wouldn't have it normally paid attention, but like uh, Us had this whole article about it. I just thought, I don't know. Are you going to regret that one? I think it says, "Get me out of here." I don't like if you're sixty-five and you look down at your leg. Are you going to love that? You got that?
0: Chriselle got that on her leg.
1: No, oh. she flipped in. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess we'll just follow the antics and see what happens. Right. I mean. I- <laughs> I mean, if see, I'm assuming there's going to be a season six of Selling Sunset, right?
1: Oh, of course. I mean, the show will probably go on to season fourteen. Yeah. I
0: mean, and didn't they do? Isn't there another one going on? Didn't they? Didn't they do a spinoff in Miami? Isn't there a Selling Miami or something?
1: I think there are rumblings of that, but there's a selling OC that's coming soon.
0: Oh, that's right up but your you alley. Your well, OC, can
1: I, yeah, but you know what? Like their office is like an like a mile and a half from my house. Every time I drive by, there's nobody. They, they overtook this like old vans had a had a store, and they took over that, gutted it, made it an op, the Oppenheimer Group or whatever. Every time any of us drive by, there's no one in that office. And then Bronwyn, who was on Real House, was of Orange County. She filmed something where she was like kind of pretending that she was uh gonna buy a property or look at a property, and that was like, so it was like two years ago or something. So I, I, I again, it's one of those shows where like I don't believe anything on the show, but I'm still watching it. Yeah, it's that is that put that on the shelf with is, is it cake? It's <laughs> like you can play it in the background.
0: So last time you were on, I had told you about a um, or maybe it was two times ago where we we're talking about an. A reality TV crush that I had from a distance because I had never seen her once on her oh, season.
1: Melissa Gorga. Melissa, Melissa Gorga. Gorga. Yeah. So
0: I, and, and since then, I haven't watched a, a thing either. But I did come across a headline a couple days ago that said, Teresa apologized to her brother Joe, which is Melissa's husband, for right. coming after him at the reunion episode. So I did a quick search and I was just like, okay, what's this all about? I forgot. I know you told me on the podcast, <laughs> but I had forgot that Teresa is Joe's uh, sister. I I just totally blanked. I totally oh, forgot right. that because I, so I forgot that she was uh, the sister in law of Melissa. Anyway, quick search, I found Teresa, Joe, and Melissa opened up a restaurant in May of 2017 in New Jersey, and it closed uh-huh. eight months later. What? Oh, sure did. What happened yeah. with this? Was this a storyline on the show? What happened? How did that close okay. so quickly? And then, look, I know the restaurant business isn't easy, but that seems like three names like that in New Jersey where they're crazy famous, I believe. How did they, how did they get an eight-month restaurant? And that was wow. it.
1: I think it was like uh, their way of connecting with their dad because by then I, I think their mother had passed away. Well, how has she passed away or she was pretty sick maybe. Um you know like let's do this family thing together. But the net net is like Teresa and Joe have the weirdest relationship. It they go on and on about how when they were little kids they were best friends, but Teresa is almost jealous of Melissa for in the most strange way like you take me away from my brother it's like that's her husband freak show like what are you talking about like <laughs> hello he's like his own family and she gets mad at her brother when he puts his wife ahead of her which makes zero sense yeah and so a lot of their arguments are fester from this and i may have mentioned this before is that When Teresa Teresa was older sister, but she got married to this guy Joe Judice, whom she is now divorced to, and he was um, sent off back to Italy because. And he's still there, right?
0: He's still in Italy. Yes,
1: they went to prison for tax evasion and some other things. So when she married Joe Judice, it put a real wrench in the relationship between Joe Gorga and his father. It basically, it was like um, uh, mind games that Joe Judice would play with with, with the Gorga fa- or not the yeah the Gorga dad. Like you know your son, like he doesn't do enough for you. Like it, it, the, the son in law was sabotaging the relationship between the father and the son. So what made it fantastic television was seasons and seasons ago, Teresa became this big hit you know hit big star from Real Housewives of New Jersey, and then they brought in Melissa which was brilliant on the producer's part but Teresa flipped out because she was like I'm the TV star and now I have to uh, share my brother not only with my family but with the viewing audience so the first scene one of the first scenes with Joe Gorga Teresa and Melissa Gorga is at the Gor- the the Gorga son's baby christening and Joe Giudice and Joe Gorga get in this huge fight, and Joe Gorga is crying. You know, this—they're like meatballs. They're short guys, right? They're like on human growth hormone for sure. So they're yelling at each other, and he's like, "You stole my father from me!" And you go, "Holy shit!" There's like years of baggage here, and I'm putting on my seatbelt. I'm here for this. So that there is like deep-seated hatred, bitterness, et cetera, between the two brother-in-laws. Well, then he goes to prison, and now he's off in Italy. But now. Teresa's daughters hate the fact that their uncle talks uh, poorly about their dad. But but he's like, listen, your dad is a piece of shit. Look what he did to your mom. Look what he did to my parents. Like, everybody has um, suffered because of the choices of your father. And Teresa's oldest daughter's 21, so now she gets kickbacks. Like, they're paying her to, like, do these in-the-moment interviews. So there's all this stuff swirling. And Teresa is now getting married to a new husband, and his name's Louis. And what you need to know about Louis is he's super sketchy. Every woman he's ever been in a relationship with has come forward and said he is very controlling and he has been going off like whenever he gets in these huge fights with the woman he's with he goes off to these like warrior camps where men like fight with each other or, or no not fight with each other but they do these videos where they're like yo i'm sorry yo i messed up but i'm here with my bros now and i'm learning so what? Like, take me back <laughs> i swear to god so one of those videos got leaked right? it was like this summer or something. And people were like, oh my God, this guy's such a nutbag. What is she doing with him? So instead of like a normal person who goes, okay, my bad. I met this guy. He probably was a super fan of the show. He blows some sunshine at my ass. He tells me I'm the greatest person. Maybe time to cut the cord. No, she doubles down. And she's like, why is you guys, like, being so hard on to my boyfriend. yos? Like, he's amazing. And he love bombs her, right? Like, so he tells her every day. He writes her cards every day, which is, of course, like a red flag for, like, normal people. She is going to marry this weirdo. So, on this season, uh, Margaret says to her, like, maybe you should just, like, do a double check about this guy. And she just is like, "You you guys are busting my love bubble. Like, I'm not having it. So... Melissa goes on Watch What Happens Live, or no, at the reunion. It was the reunion show, and she finds out that Teresa is not only getting married, but she's getting married with 14 bridesmaids, and Melissa was not asked to be one of them. So apparently in New Jersey, that's a big deal. I don't know one person over the age of 40 who would want to be a bridesmaid, but Melissa's like, I'm really hurt because of all that I did for, y- for you and your daughters while you were away, which is code for prison, and for your mother, and I'm not going to be asked to be a bridesmaid, and that's why you don't believe in family, and I'm resentful of you. And you're just like, I can't believe forty-year-olds are fighting over being a bridesmaid in a wedding. But it, it, it's just like it's nonstop with those two. And a lot of people will go, Teresa is too much. She's so uh, she's ignorant. She's annoying. She's got a stranglehold on the show. But really, at the center of that show is this, these, this family dynamic. And it's like the older they get, the more it becomes over the top it's great tv watching
0: whose kids are older Teresa's or Melissa's
1: Teresa's kids so Teresa has four girls and she always calls them her daughters and the oldest is 21 and the youngest is like 14
0: oh and Melissa and Joe's are much young are they are they in the well, teen gen? Um,
1: yes Melissa and Joe's oldest is a daughter and she's in high school and then you have a boy that may be like uh, I'm gonna say fifth or sixth grader and then one who's maybe like a fourth grader but i mean they're all just so quintessential new jersey now my sister lives in new jersey and she's like it's so embarrassing that any of these people are from our state but it's like jersey shore meets you know like like a housewife that's what it is it's the housewives of jersey shore it's essentially
0: oh wow
1: i think this is the top of your
0: shelf (laughs) <laughs> but I'm but I'm so far behind mm-hmm. and outside of your explanations, oh, I, I, I you know I, I, what
1: I think that you go on and do a, a cursory uh, like a Google search of the christening scene. Just do christening scene, Real Housewives New Jersey. You watch that; that's all you need to know. Then you watch this season that just aired, and you're fine. So that's you, more worth your time than Selling Sunset. 100%. So New Jersey
0: just ended this season, whatever it was.
1: Y- yes, but you know what? It was 13 episodes, and you have to keep you know. Take into account it's a cable show. By Take out commercials. We're talking, what, 35, 40 minutes? Yeah. You can do it. And you can fast forward through some of the people that are not as interesting like Dolores or, you know, she just doesn't have that. It's really about those sisters.
0: Okay. So the the Teresa, Joe, Melissa –
1: yeah, just fast forward, just get to that. You'll all especially given your crush on Melissa Gorga. And remember, I told you, she did have a couple seasons ago where she decided she wanted to be a late in life pop star. And he made a, uh, a music studio for her in the basement of the house. And like legitimate producers would come to her house and helped her make a one hit wonder. Well, I don't, that's maybe a loose exaggeration. It could, it's a, lo- it's a one hit wonder adjacent, if you will. And she performed it maybe at like a like a outside of like a Bloomingdale's at one time. But I just thought that was the most hilariously stupid storyline. The late in life pop star.
0: I was gonna say, how is that going for her?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's like what? Is she, so not, she opened, not doing it she anymore? Opened, no, she opened clothing Boutiques.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the the biggest thing that I mean, if you just ask the the casual observer from the outside who's never watched an episode, what's one thing you know about, you know, the Housewife franchise in New Jersey? And I'm sure this has nothing to do with Joe or Melissa, and maybe it does. <clears throat> but the only thing I remember from Teresa that was <laughs> so famous was the table flip. What was yes. that? F- I, I think that was very early on in the process of this oh, okay. franchise. You know what? what was the table flip over? Was it?
1: Yeah, do you remember? You might need to watch that season two. Of course, oh, season
0: okay. two. Okay. So.
1: When they cast the show, they 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 have these sisters, Dina and Caroline Manzo, who have their own weird history because the the Manzo sisters married, which is they're the their their real name's Loretta, but they married these two Manzo brothers and the Manzo father was this guy named Tiny, but he was huge. And he was found, like, in the trunk of a car or something. Like, total mob hit. Weird. And so there are all these questions, like, do you, they still have mob ties? And then they take offense to anyone saying that their father was with the mob. But it's like, you know, they're operating, like, a reception hall for weddings in, like, the middle of New Jersey. It's just, like, a, a lot. If There's a lot there. So there was that. And then there was Teresa, who was just their friend. She wasn't even really, the, like, the central figure. And then you had um, their sister-in-law, Jacqueline, and she and Teresa were friends. And then you had this nut bag of epic proportions named Danielle Stop. What you need to know about Danielle is that she is the kind of woman who believes herself to be a supermodel. And walks around town in skimpy clothing and has zero interest in you but all the interest in your husband she would sleep with your husband if she had the opportunity and she was raising these two girls and they seemed sweet and you just thought what and so she was a divorcee and spent a lot of time complaining at what a piece of shit her ex-husband was and how he needed to give her more money and so it turns out this woman had this storied background where she had a bunch of ex fiances and some guy wrote a book about her called Cop Without a Badge. And when she lived in Miami, there were questions of like she was she was involved with a guy who may have been like like a like a kingpin, like a drug lord or something. So it was this guy's like retaliatory book, and he and he writes about her in the book. So the the Manzo Lorita gang, they get wind of this book. And they're they're so sick of this woman because she wants to be the center of attention and she's like histrionic personality on crack we're like way crazy so at the end of the season they go because these this is back in the days before they had like the over-the-top parties they're like season finale real houses in new jersey let's just go to like sergio's pizzeria right so they go to this italian restaurant and they're sitting down and they're all sitting they're having this like nice little meal in the middle of the day and my friend Carlos King, who was one of the producers, crawled under the table and put the, the book because Danielle gets wind of this shit. And she's like, fuck that. Like, I'm going to like I'm not going to let them take me down. So he taps on her leg and she takes the book and she slams it on the table and she's like, you want to talk about the book? Let's talk about the book. So because of that, it frazzles Teresa, who's at the end of the table with a, an Ogilvy home perm you've never seen. She looks like a poodle. It's outrageous. She's so fired up about it. That's when she stands up and she goes, Engage all these times. Like she's basically throwing out all the accusations from the book. And then she takes the table and then she flips it. And that's why it all happened, and that and that, and that's why you need to see season one of Real Housewives of New Jersey because this all will be kind of put into perspective for you. Wow,
0: I mean, it sure seems like it's interesting if you followed it for a long time. <laughs> like I can, I can see why people follow this show and follow these franchises and watch, even if you only watch one city. But most people watch more than one. If well, you, you know what it if is, you were to Google, you know what it is. That.
1: Is that the modern reality show? You're taking people that are all. You know, Sometimes, you know, okay. And for the most part, they're people that like have dr- hopes and dreams of being a television star, right? So, what's great about that show and the, some of the earlier shows is that they were just people plucked from obscurity. They're people that go to the grocery store, they hate their in laws, they eat spaghetti on a Saturday, you know, they go to church on a Sunday. And you got a window into their world of like bitterness and hate, and 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 how they backstab each other, and they all have these singularly wild personal stories, and then their interconnectedness, and that doesn't really exist, right, on a lot of shows because you just see, you know, Temptation Island, Ultimatum—they're like randos, you know, thrown into a like conference room at a hotel. These are people that they have to look at each other at Thanksgiving dinner. And that's why it was compelling television.
0: Hmm. Well, I saw that the latest thing, I saw this on your podcast, was now they have Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, which is not on Bravo. But you know what?
1: It's, It's good, and here's why. Because you've been accustomed to watching these nutty people for seasons and seasons and seasons, but they only interact with the own people in their own franchise, in their own state, in their own city. So this is like putting them all together in a place and they're all sort of wacky personalities and they're all gunning for more camera time. (laughs) So I think though it's more enjoyable if you've been watching all those shows for you, I would say below is it cake on the shelf because it's going to make no sense to you.
0: Well, I got to ask this is Melissa on this ultimate girls trip show.
1: She is on, but, but you're not going to see her in her glory because she's just sort of like, I mean maybe like she's in a bathing suit so she's like beautiful and like hanging out but you're not going to see the the, the, all the things that make her stay up late at night
0: so this is is this kind of like when I mean the the Jersey Shore kids all know each other and they do this you know family vacation or whatever this is just taking different women from the franchise and said hey we're going to send you all to a certain place and we're just going to film it or is it numerous places they go on a road trip is this what this is ultimate girls trip
1: So the first one was in Turks and Caicos, and they went (laughs) over budget for it. And it was nice, but it was like the fan favorites, but some of them were all kind of like snoozes. Like they weren't that compelling. So I think they did a better job, and that's in the second season, about to air because they took ones that have been off television for some time and put them in a mansion like in the Berkshires where one of the former housewives lives. So it's like... They have less to like less to lose because they haven't been on TV for a while, and they're all angry that they were fired at some point, so they're, they're even crazier than they were before, and they're all together in one place, so it's pretty unbelievably good.
0: And this is actually a second season. this is the, I thought this yeah. was new yeah oh, okay. so, yeah,
1: yeah. No, it, so basically the net net is like if you got an invite to Turks and Kaikos, you're amongst the favorite. But if you got an invite to Dorinda's house in the in Massachusetts, you haven't been on television for a while.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's on Peacock, which is which is weird because you would think it'd be on Bravo with with all the other shows.
1: No, because they want to pull people over to Peacock, Peacock because they chicken. spent so much money on the stream to build the streaming network. They gotta have subscribers. Yeah. So a lot of people were like you know this ultimate girls trip won. I'll wait until they send it over to Bravo. So p- there are people that stayed the course. They stayed the dis. They, they 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 stayed on course and they waited months and months later for Bravo to air Real Housewives of Miami because it was on Peacock first. So you could do that, but for me, I'm like I would rather see it now.
0: Okay. Well, again, I have to make decisions on <laughs> on, on what I'm going to do <laughs> and what I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> dedicate time to. Um, so what I wanted to end with was what we usually end with, and that's documentaries or any good upcoming shows that we talked about. Now, last time we spoke, I believe we had talked about, um, the documentary that I really liked, which was, I love you now die. And then since we last spoke, it became a series on, I believe Hulu, the girl from Plainville. And I didn't watch it. Because I felt like
1: yeah i don't I, think I knew
0: that I knew the whole story from yeah, I didn't need a dramatization of it because it was going to be dramatized, and i I didn't really did you watch it at all, The girl from Plainville, I
1: watched a little bit of it, but it, it, I you know I'm such an unscripted person that it's hard for me to enjoy a scripted series with the exception of we crashed which was about the WeWork documentary. Yeah. We Crashed is with Anne Hathaway and Jared and Gerlito, Leto. Yeah. And they so brilliantly played those characters. I did enjoy that. I did not think the dropout was blow your hair back great. But, you know, the Theranos story is always interesting to me. I think that the documentary that you are going to want to watch. Okay, there are two of them. One is called Our Father. It comes out tomorrow on Netflix, and it's about this fertility doctor in Indianapolis for over 40 years who lied to his patients and inseminated them with his own sperm. What? This is real? This is real. So all these people in the Indianapolis area don't know that they're half siblings, which is basically a health crisis because... There could be inbreeding and all these other health issues because of it, yeah, he totally lied to them. He would just use his own sperm, so that's good that's called our father. The other one I think you might like, which is about a financial scam, is called the big con c o n n it's on apple TV plus and it's about Eric Kahn who was is an was a a Kentucky lawyer who ran a an operation with the help of a judge to speed up social security payments for people like uh, or you know um, if they filed for social security or you know um, like he would get a kickback from it he basically screwed the social security administration out of 550 million dollars and he's this rinky dink guy who at one point owned a brothel in Thailand and had like 16 different wives over all these years Not at the same time he just kept getting married and he is like a Christopher guest character in a mockumentary he's so weird and it's hilarious so that one's called the big con C O N N, on Apple TV plus and the other one is our father on Netflix
0: I've heard I've I've seen stuff and like I think seen even the trailer or clips of the trailer either coming across on Instagram or something for, for our father but I had no idea what it was about
1: oh it's so good you're gonna be, and it's just a documentary it's not a docu-series so you can like you know watch it no problem easy
0: okay And what about, and like you said, there's no scripted shows that you're really into all that much, right?
1: I love The Staircase on HBO Max, which is based off of a Netflix documentary called The Staircase. And this one, you have Colin Firth playing Michael Peterson, accused of murdering his wife, Kathleen played by Tony Collette, and Patrick Schwarzenegger plays his son. They are fan-freaking-tastic. They are so good in their roles. It is, if you like, Murder movies, like, you know, that kind of thing. This is so right up your alley.
0: Were you ever into Ozark? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Not a lot of people were into that, and that just ended yeah. after, I think, four or five seasons. Everyone tells me to watch Ozark. um haven't watched it. Stranger Things, I've been told to watch. Again, never got my, into my, it.
1: My husband watches scripted television. He always tells people to watch Yellowstone Succession. Uh, Black Sales, which is about pirating and he's now watching Anatomy of a Scandal and really likes it
0: hmm which is Anatomy of a Scandal which scandal is it
1: it's um, like a British scandal it's like a some scripted show I think it's maybe is it Chandra? I don't know is it Chandra Rhymes? I could be saying that wrong anyway whatever he said It. he, it, he says it feels like a movie oh okay yeah
0: what about um in in terms of you, are you still doing any stand up? You still doing any you know what? anywhere? I'm no? gonna,
1: I I am right now I'm just about to announce I'm doing a live podcast on uh July 13th at the Irvine Improv so you can see me. And uh you know, I've three shows a week and I'm trying to cr- uh, produce a TV show I'm trying to sell and then I also have five kids.
0: So it's kind of tough to do stand up is what you're saying.
1: I mean, I'd like to I think instead of i mean, I think it would be better for me to just do live travels when I can and just do live podcast shows, yeah, because by, that's i mean I like longer form stuff anyway, but i I want to go out and travel a little bit. that would be really fun
0: and what are the ages of your kids again? um
1: essentially they're my oldest is almost thirteen, so they range between thirteen and three
0: okay. So you've got your hands full with that for sure. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but you're trying to sell a TV show. That's interesting. Uh, this yes. is something you've obviously talked about, I'm assuming, right?
1: Um uh, a or no. little bit, but just wish me luck. Okay. No. I hope it, no. uh, it sells. We'll definitely uh
0: <laughs> we'll definitely wish you luck with that. Um like I said, we could go over I mean just the amount of shows that that you cover and the people that you <laughs> talk to from this from these shows like i'm sure you got stories up the wazoo uh here oh, but yeah. you know i know that uh, you're uh, a little you know short on time here or whatever but we got we had an hour this is what i planned i wanted to get an hour so with fun. you to go over everything and um again kate thank you so much uh for coming on uh we'll always have you on uh Try and get you on, like I said, about every six months or so I want to have you on twice, oh, I twice a year. I love uh, it.
1: But also if people want to get my list of what to watch each week, I put out a list. It comes out on Mondays. If you go to katecasey.substack.com, it's just, you get an email every Monday and it tells you these are the seven to eight things you should watch this week. They're, and I explain why you should watch them. So if you're ever stuck, like what the hell do I watch this week? It's there for you. Super gotcha. helpful.
0: So it's katecasey.substack.com, you said?
1: That's right, yep.
0: Okay. Uh, I will definitely link to that uh, in the uh, podcast description. So, Kate, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank
1: you. Good luck with everything,
0: and we'll be in touch.
1: Sounds good. Thank you.
0: Bye. Thanks so much to Kate for coming on. Really appreciate that. I love having her on because she fills me in on all the stuff that I only basically read headlines and stories on. Like, I follow a lot of shows without ever watching them. Selling Sunset. I'm very familiar with the drama and who Chrishell was dating. And like I mentioned in the podcast, people sending me stuff about the G flip relationship, like within the last two or three weeks. And that was the first I'd heard because I don't watch the show. And obviously it wasn't brought up until the reunion show. But the other ones, the Kardashians, like I follow the headlines and I'm a kind of aware of what's happening, but I don't have the full details because I don't watch the episodes. And I know that I could always count on Kate for that. And that's why I bring her on. She's great. I'm amazed at how many shows this (laughs) Kate watches. It's unbelievable when you think about it, but Hey, somebody's got to do it. So all the props in the world to Kate for doing that again, thank her for coming on. I really appreciate it. She'll be on, you know, I hope to have her on usually twice a year and I want to um, reiterate that um, the Reality Steve Fan Appreciation Party, I do have spots left, not many, if you're interested. we We do have two special guests. It is confirmed now, Amanda Pace and Annie Jorgensen from Joe Millionaire. Amanda was the one that Kurt chose. Annie was the one that Steven dumped. And If you haven't heard, Stephen and Calla uh, broke up this past weekend, or and it was announced today. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Amanda and Annie are coming. They'll be at the party. If you want to mingle with them, so if you're interested and you're flying in, you obviously have a month or a little less than a month. I would just need a flight itinerary, screenshot of that, and a screenshot of your VAX card. Same with your. If you're driving in, just need a screenshot of your hotel itinerary. And if you're a local, just promise me you won't flake and just send me a screenshot of your Vax cards and I can get you on the list. Don't have a lot of spots left, but if you're interested, just email me at steve at realitysteve.com. So thank you to Kate. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. It's getting up some uh, good sponsors, as you know. We got Dame this week and BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. So if you forget, if anytime you ever forget the codes to the ads and you don't feel like going back and listening or don't remember at what timestamp it was, just go on the episode description on my podcast on Apple Podcasts and you'll see the ads, uh, the link and the code in there. So you can go straight to it from the podcast app. So thank you to Kate uh, again. And for Kate Casey, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will talk to you next week. So